0: Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. The performance rankings, you had to be there, the crappy quiz and a slight tangent.
1: does that count?
0: (laughs) Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. The News Round on Off the Ball. With Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave with your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.
2: All right, you're welcome along. It is Thursdays Off the Ball. Nathan with you this evening. It has been a landmark day for the FAI as they launched their new facility investment vision and strategy. They are looking for huge investment over the next 15 years €863 million to modernise facilities and to raise standards across football in Ireland. We'll talk to Dan MacDonald about that. We'll hear from Jonathan Hill and Roy Barrett of the FAI as well. That coming up after 9 o'clock. Tomorrow, Bit of a landmark day in tennis as Carlos Alcaraz and Novak Djokovic clash for the first time in a Grand Slam at the French Open. Caitlin Thompson will be with us after eight to talk about that. We'll have John Giles at half past seven, reflecting on Manchester City's FA Cup final win. And of course, looking ahead to the Champions League final on Saturday night. And after eight, live drama, The Decision in studio Ross Bulger is a leash footballer who is heading to America American College Football he has been offered scholarships from Division 1 teams and he's going to make his decision live on the show tonight will it be Boston College or will it be Idaho where which cap will he put on I we'll you think it. you've
3: given that The appropriate levels of hype Yeah Well Considering he got his picture well, Taken with the Irish flag on In the Idaho State Colours While himself and Tag Leader Were in the States Over the last few weeks Don't ruin it I would hedge my bets He's going to go that direction don't But Boston College Are there as an option <laughs> Just, just it well, You've been
2: selling this to me For weeks The, uh, the decision is live And air. you're like Well I'll tell you exactly Where he's going Based on what I've seen
3: Well I was about to say It looks like he's edging that way but there's been an offer which has come in from Boston College. Apparently there's 12 offers in all that he's had from Division 1 teams and there's a couple of Irish guys who are currently in the college football system but for Tig Leader, who people are probably aware was an out half with the Connacht Academy played for the USA after a few years playing in Major League Rugby. He switched in recent years to being an American football punter and Ross Bulger is one of his first students that he took in at the tail end of last year and you might remember the video of Ross Bulger which is doing the rounds on the internet earlier this year TikTok particularly when he was at Pace University trying out for them and he was clocking 75 metres off either foot so he's ambidextrous uh, which apparently gives a big advantage if you're a punter in American football because it makes it very difficult to set up the field position if you can kick with either foot into either corner so it seems he's a versatile kicker he can both do field goals and punting so he'd be useful across special teams and I think that's the reason he has these division one offers and as you say he's gonna announce who so he signed for in about an hour's time.
2: So Ross Bulger and Ty Leader in studio after eight o'clock, this sets the precedent that as he moves up through the ranks, he comes to us every time, right?
3: I presume if he ever gets to the NFL, we have the exclusive if that happens, (laughs) given that he's uh, coming in here to make the announcement. But I don't know. Look, apparently, I was talking to Tig Leader a little bit over the last few days. He's saying that there have been a lot of players, because they've seen the social media clips, who play rugby and Gaelic football, who've got in contact with him
2: about potentially trying to get a scholarship in the US. it's been a very rapid rise I think it's fair to say for Ross Bulger so we'll talk about all that and uh, the next steps for his career and maybe if you're listening in and you fancy doing it Tide Leader let you know how to get involved Richie McCormick good evening gents, Harry e. 53106 is the text number if you want to get in touch. So I said it's been a bit of a landmark day for the FAI. I think properly getting their house in order with a very comprehensive strategy as to how they feel they can develop football in Ireland over the next 15 years with the right and correct amount of government funding and Not just government funding, but funding from a whole range of different stakeholders that they feel will bridge the gap that has built up over the last 20 years with the other major sports. They look at the sports capital and equipment program since the year 2000. The GEA received 431 million euro. The FAI received 188 million euro. So... It is a sizable gap when football is by far and away the most participated sport in the country. Uh, there's a lot in this, Richie. It covers mm. everything from <coughs> grassroots through to the women's game, through to League of Ireland, and international football. They're looking for four hundred and twenty-six million for grassroots, three hundred and ninety million for the League of Ireland, 47 million for for international, and they're hoping that it would work out that the government would give them in or around something 516,
3: like 516, I thought was the number I saw for it. Uh,
2: over the course of the, uh, like the 15 years. The 15, 15 years. years um, yeah. So about 50 million a year through a range of different programs. Uh, there is a bit of this, Richie, I think that is, you know, shoot for the stars, you might land on the moon type thing. But I yeah. think it puts them in a position that there's now finally a plan. And Dan McDonald, when we were talking earlier, was making the point that often if you're going head-to-head or when the funds are being divvied out, that actually the FAI weren't even in the room for many years. Like They didn't have a plan at, at this level. So it's a right start. It's the FAI going out to bat. I know a lot of people, the second they hear it, the FAI and money will raise their eyes to heaven and go, why would you give them anything? Uh, yeah. But I think they outline in this the great, great good that they do at a lot of levels in Irish society that needs to be recognised, the amount of people that are coming into the country, that football is going to be their first sport and that they need the funds to enable that. And I have to say, I think it's
0: uh, quite impressive. Yeah, much like that document where they were outlining their issues with the, the betting levy, all of it makes sense. I, I, I don't think there's, there's many holes that can be picked in, in either document particularly in this uh, this one because I mean you just have to look at facilities like a case in point if I throw a stone 50 yards to my left as I sit uh, you come across Kilmore Celtic whose clubs have to play in what is uh, essentially uh, one of the kids pitches is in a schoolyard um, in the kind of grass area there and, and everybody knows that clubs up and down the country are changing in and um, they're changing in like, you know, port cabins and uh, containers and stuff like that. And that, that's that been the norm. And the thing about it is, that shouldn't be the norm. There's, there's far too much of Irish football that we've come to accept as being just as it is for so long. That just shouldn't be the case and should never have been the case. And people should strive for better. And I think this is what the FAI is doing today. Like these documents aren't sexy. They're not bringing major finals or whatever to, you know, the Aviva Stadium. And that's exactly what the FAI should be doing and should have been doing for donkey's years. Uh, this is where they should have been at. And if nothing else, this is a, a line in the sand and it's a marker point either for future iterations of the FAI or for future governments to look back on and measure how far they've come against this document. And where the game is now, because as Roy Barrett gets to the point in the in the, in the piece I'll play in a minute, the population is booming uh, to the degree that's going to increase by a fifth in the coming years. It's a population that's skewing younger as well, so it does need facilities, and none of the facilities, like none, are up to snuff. Not the international teams, not the League of Ireland teams, not the grassroots teams. And I know you made, made that point there that people raise their eyebrow in terms of FAI and money. People need to get over that now. Um, and I know that's a lot for people to do, but the FAI isn't going anywhere. Like, who else is organising football across mm. the country? No one. No one else is going to step into that breach. Nothing's going to change the past. You can only move forward with this type of thing. And that document that's been released today at least affords the association and the country as a whole uh, something of a framework within which to move forward.
2: Well, football in this country has always been a lot more than John Delaney. And while the remnants of that era are probably outlined within this report, it is time to start moving on. And the numbers, not surprising, but still quite shocking, that like 55% of clubs don't own their own facilities and rely on leases. And the knock on effect of that is half of the leases are for less than 15 years, which means. That a quarter of the clubs in the country can't apply for any government funding because you need to have a lease of at least fifteen years in place. So they simply have no way of actually going about improving their lot. If you look at the various UEFA standards, Ireland is short around a thousand full size grass pitches. Never mind four G pitches grass pitches Uh, and then as we look at the explosion around the women's game a lack of basic female friendly facilities to cater for the 34,000 women and girls who are currently playing they expect that to grow to more than 50,000 in the next three years 38% of clubs don't offer female friendly toilets at all and then you're into the scenario as well where there are more limited training facilities more clubs want to expand they just don't have the room to do it so that's On the grassroots side of it, there's a League of Ireland scenario where they're looking at uh, expanding stadiums, more modern stadiums. You look at the amount of stadiums that have been built around Europe in recent years and Ireland are just miles behind they're one of what 12 European countries not to have built a stadium in the last 15 years You've been to some of these stadiums that actually
3: I think we kind of marvel at
2: somewhat like was it Luxembourg who had this
3: lovely nice yeah. compact was it mm. 8,000 or 9,000 cedar I think but it was nice and modern and even the idea of every League of Ireland the aspiration within the 15 year plan is that there would be at least a stand to fit a thousand people into it and then they would scale up based on the size of the club uh, to try and get more all-seater stadiums around the league.
2: Well, they're very small steps when you compare them to where the GAA are. So they've outlined the 40 stadiums in the country with the highest potential attendances. At the Aviva Stadium, obviously a football stadium is second. But then you have to go all the way down to 38th on the list for Tala, which will obviously move up over the next few months as the new stand is open. And then Turner's Cross is the only other one in the top 40 Below places like Dubarry Park in Athlone, Park Talchin in Mead, Dr. Cullen Park, uh, Fraher Field in Waterford all have substantially more room for people to go and watch games. So the plan is to bring lots of stadiums. I think that will be the more difficult bit, the middle ground elite, which is basically around Abbottstown, and that like the analysis for the international teams is done out of a porta cabin out in Abbottstown and anyone who's been in Abbottstown recently it's incredibly impressive uh, the investment that has gone in there across a range of sports Uh, but the FAI feel they've been left behind there as well that a lot of the pitches just aren't up to scratch Uh, there's not enough 4G pitches there's not enough indoor opportunities so they may well be able to do some work on the international level and you'd feel there's a big swell of support for grassroots it probably is actually that middle ground Richie of the League of Ireland where the biggest Mm -hmm. fight might be to get those resources when you look at the issues that every club seems to face when they try and improve their ground
0: yeah, it's every club trying to improve their ground. There's there's different fiefdoms go on within clubs and within areas and, and everything that, that leans towards that as well. The, the, the FAI need to do what other associations have done <clears throat> and realise the power that they have in the numbers that they have playing the game and to parlay that into leaning on politicians and to saying that these are keystone things that need to happen within a constituency within electoral periods. Uh, for them to to actually secure that funding and to really hammer that home. And the second thing is to seek out proper private investment as well, because the only time we've really seen private investment in the FAI, aside from sponsorship deals and and the kind of standard stuff, is like subsidizing the national manager. And that just seems like lunacy looking back on it now. Uh, Probably wasn't wise at the time. And definitely looking back on it now, if if you're going to get that kind of money, have it invested in stuff that has a legacy and you know and players don't just magic from nowhere you need to create a, a sustainable model for them to keep on being created uh, down through the years and to basically seek out money wherever you can and to, and to use it smartly and, and I know people will say that well obviously there's other areas of society that need cash and the housing crisis and such and such obviously like the government has a 10 million surplus this year 10, 10, sorry 10 billion surplus this year 16 billion surplus is forecast for next year they have the money for literally all areas of society, for housing, for the healthcare service, for sport, and they've been content for far too long in terms of sport to hand out a five or extra per year per sport uh, i'm being slightly facetious but in terms of the funding that sport gets i think gavin comensky pointed out the 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 model from today's report that we're in, in terms of funding for sports uh we're down around the bulgarias and malta's of this world mm. in terms of what governments hand out here it needs to be more the government has the money to do these things they just decide not to spend it Something that actually struck me earlier, Nathan, was that £863 actually sounds like a fairly
3: small spend over a 15-year period. If you take inflation into account and you take the cost of building into account, this is a very comprehensive wish list that the FAI have put together where costs are likely to soar over that time as well. I can't imagine there are too many European countries, certainly the ones you're trying to close the gap to, who will be spending less than a billion euro on football over the next 15 years.
2: No, absolutely not Uh, Get your text in 53106 Get your text in I'm opening the text lines For anyone who has A negative story About David Moyes (laughs)
3: Everyone was delighted Or pleased last night Absolutely
2: delighted For David Moyes lads I know the Premier League team Should always win The Conference League When you add it all up But it's a smashing achievement All the same Says James in Dublin What a loving there's been For David Moyes I don't have anything Negative to say about David Moyes But come on There's got to be something They
0: probably should have won The Europa League last year as well Mm, That that competition was set up For them to win You look at the two teams In the final uh, On another day I think they probably Just ran out of gas Last season to a degree And that's what cost them in the semis. They should have won that competition. For him to get them to a, semif- a European semifinal and to win the next European competition that they're in is just remarkable. And I like that little stat now that he has as many trophies since Alex Ferguson's retirement uh, in Europe as Manchester United hmm. so congratulations to Mr Moyes on that front and who doesn't want to see endless videos of that man dancing it's just the most charming <laughs> in the world
3: Both the ones I saw are fabulous particularly when he was doing the uh, Danny Dyer song that the West Ham fans sing and Moyes had the wherewithal not to sing the last line about Danny Dyer he was going to sing at the start of and then went oh wait that's the Jarrah Bowen song I better just keep bopping along but not sing it <laughs> and then obviously he was uh, doing a few Scottish tunes in the dressing room afterwards and Moyes looked particularly delighted the guy who I'd say feels very vindicated because two months ago there were plenty of us who were even I'd say in the studio wondering West Ham are in the relegation trouble now maybe Europe isn't enough and he keeps them up with a decent finish to the season and they win a European trophy and this is exactly what the Conference League was made for I know the Premier League team should win due to their budgets but it's so long since West Ham have won a major trophy and what a night for their many more than 5,000 fans in Prague last night
2: first first medal for Declan Rice since he won that coveted FAI under 21 award <laughs>
3: the the happy, side
2: by side yeah, happy birthday at from the FAI someday. award as well what's, what's the opposite of a teaser fair play Will <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: wasn't it wasn't a teaser it is genuinely I don't know who he's signing for well,
2: you, you give a strong hint of it, if it's Idaho now You're gone I gave an edge towards what I thought would happen Lads, must say I'd be as cynical as anyone about the FAI post-Delaney but that report today really ticks every box Don't want to tempt fate but seems like we've got a decent bunch in there now says Sarah in Go Well, I think it's a competent bunch who are putting together plans for the future and ticking a lot of boxes along the way I think there's a lot of other things that probably there's still major question marks over but Richie you want to bring us up to date with
0: the news angle then? (coughs) Yeah, the FAI says it will take 863 million euro across 15 years to bring football facilities across the country up to a suitable standard. CEO Jonathan Hill and Chairman Roy Barrett were on hand at Abbottstown to present their facilities and infrastructure vision and strategy document. 60% of that total will be solved via government funding with the remainder coming from local project partners, local authorities and the association itself. The document focuses on three areas, the grassroots of the game, the League of Ireland and the international sides and Barrett believes the funding is necessary to deal with a rapidly changing population.
1: Against the backdrop of, you know, a rising population over the next uh, 15, 20 years, um, which which is forecast to be 20% plus uh, or so, uh, against a backdrop where uh, we have a very young population, like 26% uh, of our population are less than 20. Um, um, And against all those things, we have a sport which has been chronically underinvested for a long period of time. Um, If that underinvestment continues, we're going to have all sorts of problems given the growth in in the sport, the relative size of the sport, and the demographics and the change in the demographics um, would indicate uh, that the demand for football and football facilities is just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So there's so against that backdrop, are we confident uh, that we will get funding? I'm certainly confident that we should get funding.
2: So lots more to come on that after nine o'clock with Dan Macdonald. Uh, so the main talking point around the final group games in the football championship seems to be about the location of Armagh and Galway. Richie, mm. there's an update.
0: Yeah, the CCCC has rejected a joint request from Armagh and Galway to move their football championship clash to Crow Park. The county's final outing in Group 2 is to be played in Carrick on Shannon on Sunday week. With Pork and McDermott only able to hold around 9,000 fans, Armagh and Galway were seeking a larger venue. They did pull in 35,000 to HQ last year for their semi.
2: Yeah, my understanding was that Armagh were driving this. I'm kind of glad that this has been rejected. Crow Park... Is there going to be 35,000 there? No, Why not have no. 9,000 and Sean McDermott have it absolutely packed to the rafters rocking atmosphere one match on we go.
3: Or is there not a goalie lock position here where you get a slightly bigger ground than 9,000 but not necessarily Crow Park because Crow Park and two reasons. I think Crow Park well, were not
2: they weren't, they weren't asking to move somewhere else they were asking to move to Crow Park. Yeah
3: but surely there are plenty of other stadia that have got you know, somewhere in the sweet spot between 80,000, where it's going to be more than half full, and Kerrigan Shannon, which is going to be oversubscribed. You're not getting 40,000
2: for Armagh. No, goal,
3: eh? not for this stage of the championship, I don't think. No, no. chance. And, and these are two of the best supported teams in the country, but they were travelling to Crow Park because Sam was in size last year. Mm. It's a totally different scenario when it's the last round of the group stages, where they're, you know, both still fighting to qualify, but at the same time, it's not the same as if you're in a knockout game.
2: Uh the London Irish situation was listened to, to BAM this morning and one of the players uh talking about it and it's pretty grim for everybody involved. Mm. The IRFU uh not going to
0: invest it seems. It seems, anyway, the IRFU insisting that they have no plans currently to invest in rugby outside of Ireland. It follows the news that they're being kept abreast of the situation at London Irish by the English RFU. London Irish owner Mick Crossan has filed for administration after the club were suspended from all tiers of English rugby. A botched US-led takeover has led to rumours the IRFU could step in, but they've told The Telegraph that buying the exiles is not on the cards. Uh,
2: Declan Rice... Here we go As loyal to the Hammers As he was to Ireland Loved them so much <laughs> He had to move on The gobshite Says John in Limerick It says It's text him That's the uh, That's the <laughs> attitude That got rid of him In the first place That was the sort of stuff Roy game was any He thought I've had enough of this <laughs> How much loyalty Do you want out of him Six straight seasons He's played pretty much Every game In every one of those yeah. seasons For West Ham He's one of the best midfielders in European football you just want him to stay there forever the, out of this, loyalty this is the first time his loyalty has ever been properly tested and he's gone no it's not his loyalty was tested last season teams wanted him last year on season 4 Yeah, yeah. Oh, come on <coughs> give him a break are <laughs> spending 12 million on a new stadium that would be used a handful oh. of times a year the councillor government should have built it leased it to the GAA and Dundalk FC it is a shambles I did make that point and that was the funding model behind that stadium I think is slightly uh, unusual but that now when decisions have been made about where money's going that the FAI have put their hand up and made a very good case that if you are going to invest in new infrastructure for the GEA or rugby well actually you're going to have to make that a municipal stadium you're going to have to give us access to that as well
3: yeah, I think that makes perfect sense, particularly in the case of Louth, where there was talk originally about potentially Leinster putting a, a Leinster ground there when Louth needed a venue. And they were looking at the potential cost of doing up uh, Park Thalton at the same time and felt uh, maybe a facility just outside Dublin would be the way to go. It would make perfect sense from a government point of view to make that municipal and kill two birds of the one stone there.
2: Hey lads Can you please say Sport Ireland campus Instead of Abbottstown When chatting about the facilities Abbotstown is just a house In a small townland space In the campus Many thanks The marketing team In Sport Ireland campus Blanchestown <laughs> Wow
1: Amazing
2: Next thing it'll be Lads make sure you call it Kingspan Belfthy Park Or you'll be in a bit of trouble there you get a few emails Like about that all right? uh, So wait a second Abbottstown is just Somebody's house Well that's yeah, a bit awkward For 100%. them isn't it yeah, when You're just yeah. getting your taxi Out to Abbottstown And yeah as, as a, as a campus, 15
0: heads, yeah as a d15 head, yeah as a d15 give us the history uh, there is there <laughs> is a house been a house swallowed up,
2: up by sport yeah,
0: ireland campus pretty pretty much yeah like it's as close to uh Cardiff would be the nearest kind of area in terms of um housing uh, that's just across the road when you come out the main entrance there opposite the swimming area the swimming pool um so like the, it, it could easily be called any one of three different areas but the you know, house area is certainly Abertstown area. Yeah. So,
3: why did Abbottstown stick, Richie?
0: Uh, like where anything sticks, it's just the name that people started calling it, and that's and what it ends it. up. Well, being. No more will, Sport, no more. Sport
2: Ireland Campus. It's Sport now. Ireland Campus yeah. from, from now till eternity. Uh, oh, Alexis God. McAllister done.
0: Yeah, Liverpool made Alexis McAllister Their first signing of the summer today The World Cup winning midfielder Joins from Brighton For an initial fee of just €40 million euro. That could end up being €64 million Depending on various add-ons McAllister has signed a five-year contract at Anfield Meanwhile, Liverpool have also bought back Their old Melwood training ground Which will now be the home To the club's women's team
2: uh, There is news on Declan Rice's future
0: certainly is as John Limerick might have uh, alluded to there Uh, Declan Rice's last game for West Ham appears to be last night's Conference League final club owner David Sullivan revealed this morning that they've promised the former Republic of Ireland midfielder he can leave in the summer Rice is entering the final year of his contract at West Ham in the next couple of weeks and has attracted interest from the likes of Arsenal and Bayern Munich and Fiorentina have called on UEFA to set an example after their captain was hit on the head by a plastic cup in Prague last night Cristiano Braghi needed stitches after it was thrown from the crowd during the first half Laviola say they strongly condemn The unacceptable behaviour From West Ham fans
2: This was the most The English team had won So we're just going to Brush over this entire thing And move on quickly With our lives Mm. It
0: was outrageous Mm he was left blooded like it was a significant head injury like left bloodied to a really awful degree and needed tending to and there was <clears throat> several cup throwing incidents during that first half and there were other bits and pieces obviously thrown into the pitch area uh, that all followed by and we shouldn't brush over either the fact that there are apparently 30 Fiorentina fans detained by police in Prague so there's crowd trouble before and after the game um, and can't be brushed over just because of what happened and David Moyes is dancing
2: Uh, we've Caitlin Thompson coming up after 8 Richie but it (coughs) is a quarter final or semi finals day on the women's side
0: yeah Karolina Mukova through to the French Open women's final the check came from 5-2 and 30 love down in the deciding set to beat second seed Arena Sabalenka 7-6 6-7 7-5 Mukova's maiden Grand Slam final will see her face either Iga Sviantek or Beatrice Hadadj Maya uh, Sviantek took the first set of that uh, semi-final six games to two it's 4-4 in the second and the 26 year old Mukova was asked how she pulled off that third set comeback today
1: I don't really know what happened uh you know the atmosphere the people are just pushing me all the matches it's it's unbelievable i i just try to keep fighting and it worked i I really don't know what happened I'm, i'm so happy
2: uh just time for an update on rory mcelroy
0: yeah, he carded a one-under round of 71 today at the Canadian Open. The defending champion is four shots off uh, the joint clubhouse leaders there, who are Chess and Hadley, Corey Connors, Justin Lauer, and Aaron Ray, all of whom are 5-under par after rounds of 67. Shane Lowry uh, birdied his second hole, but he has dropped back to one-over par through four. Double bogey indeed at the fourth has seen him drop back to one-over par, and his uh, uh, first round is ongoing there.
2: Golf Weekly available now. Quite weak. We not a lot to talk about. Not a lot to talk about at all. Managed to keep it to ninety minutes, which I thought was seriously strength, yeah. impressive. Impressive. Uh, off the forward slash Golf Weekly. <laughs> and Manchester United are going to play in Dublin August sixth. They're playing Athleticville bow. Uh, I have no tickets. Richie. <laughs> Will is he yeah. has got a heap of them. So if you're looking for tickets for that game, Will is the man to get onto corporate box. I'm sure. I'm job. sure
0: Dermot Keeley is delighted with that news as well. But, uh, you know, <laughs> you are coming to town. At least a it's a real team you're playing this
2: time. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, we got to leave it there. Richie, grace stuff as always. Nice lads. Will, we might be talking later, depending on how after 8 o'clock goes with Ross Bulger. I hope he's changed his mind the, the last Surprise season. for everybody. A
3: real surprise for everybody.